0: All right, I am recording, and it all looks good. Famous last words. Excellent. With my, with my new Amazon Basics XLR cord. Well, what could go wrong? I don't know. If if, it, if anything does go wrong, just bring it back to the UPS store, and it's, it's all fine. <laughs> they probably won't even want it back. They'd be like, "Hey, it ain't worth us taking it back." Yeah, we'll just send you a new one. Mm-hmm. We'll send you a replacement. You can have as many. You know what? I should tell them it's broken. I could use a few extras. Ah, <sighs> oh, you bastard! And good morning to you. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, here we are. Yep. Welcome to Hopnology. Yep. On this this eh, hazy, overcast-looking Sunday morning. Oh Monday. yeah, here too. Mm-hmm. It's gonna be like ninety-three degrees today. Yeah, it was eighty-five degrees yesterday and eighty-five
1: percent relative humidity. Yeah, and a hundred percent asthma.
0: <laughs> oh yeah, the there is a layer of um of fine yellow. Dust mm-hmm. everywhere here from the pollen it is uh it, it's tough because i I'm, I'm so desperate for fresh air and i went and i sat outside yesterday on um on the deck for i don't know 10 15 minutes and it's like okay that's enough yeah <laughs> yeah i don't like I'm, sweating I'm, when i'm sitting still i'm done yeah mm-hmm. it's not uh, well good vermont not, is it's the it's place time. for you <laughs>
1: be chilly all the time
0: maine yeah keep going north Keep going north, Nova Scotia. Nova I'm thinking Scotia, Nova Scotia. Yeah, you bet. yeah. Let's let's get as far up there as we can. We have they some hop growing locks. friends on Prince Edward Island. You could just go up there. I could. They have good muscles. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know if I, I I don't know if I can handle extended heat. I know my wife doesn't want to head that direction. Extended heat. Yeah. Yeah, I know that. No, that's where I'm headed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know you are. You Hot. well, you, you spent, you know, what is it thirty years just being frozen to the bone. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Mm-hmm.
1: Hundred and ten degrees in the shade. That's my kind of place. Oh boy. Yeah.
0: Not us. Not us. Okay, well let's get to the getting here. All right. All right. Uh what are we talking about? So we had something happen on the Discord as often happens. Well, actually, before we jump into that, there's other stuff. We have a new uh a, a new patron. Thank you, Luca, for joining us. Hi, Luca. Luca, welcome. Always happy to have someone new following the uh, the nuttiness that is hypnology. Mm-hmm. So thanks for that. And we should point out that uh, as you're hearing this episode, this week will be uh, another episode of Backyard Brew Farm. I believe we're finally going to release this week the episode affectionately known as Zest. <laughs> <laughs> uh And it's all about using Zest in your homebrew concoctions. Mm -hmm. This will also be the first week that we're pulling backyard brew farm back from from all you freebie hangers on, and we're putting it onto Patreon. So this this, uh, has been fun as something to get out there to the greater Hopnology community, and now we're going to make it something that is exclusive to our supporters, our patron supporters. So if you're interested in hearing about Zest... And um, anything else that we're going to do going forward on on the homebrew um, side of things in particular, you know, go to patreon.com slash hopnology, check out all the fun things that we offer, all the neat stuff that happens from being an insider with hopnology. Be cool like Luca. Yes, be cool like Luca. That should be an, our that's next an, T-shirt. That's another T-shirt. Another T-shirt. So what do we say? We said Zest needs to be a T-shirt. Mm-hmm. Uh, we said be cool like Luca. Mm-hmm. What did you say before we started recording? I've tried nothing, tried and I'm nothing all out of and, ideas. Yeah, I've tried nothing, and I'm all out of ideas. I have a, I have a feeling Luca might take exception at being part of our T-shirt. Yeah. He's been with us for, all well, 16 <laughs> minutes, I think. <laughs> See what happens when you join the crew? Uh-huh. Once you're in, once you're in. He's going to want royalties. Oh, boy. We'll, we'll find a way around that somehow. Mm, of course. That's what Sp- I do. Spe- spell his name a little differently, yeah. so we, we, he can't claim it's him. All right, so speaking of everything that we do on the patreon side of things we have this discord as we talk about all the time we have conversations about things and one of our hopnologists made a comment the other day took a shortcut made a mistake should never have done it i knew i shouldn't have done it but i did it and and first i said you're a brave man for admitting it in front of all these people <laughs> first <laughs> of all but it it's sounded like an episode. I mean, let, let's talk a bit about shortcuts. And and shortcuts, they sound like a good idea at the time. Hey, I'm going to save myself kind of one of two things. I'm going to save myself time, or I'm going to save myself money by doing this. But you know, if no one else does it that way, then you are either the most amazing innovator, or maybe there's a reason you shouldn't take that shortcut. Yep. That's well put.
1: And the, the, my caveat here is, If you know you probably shouldn't be doing it, and you do it anyway, I have absolutely no sympathy for you. Because you knew somewhere that it wasn't right, and instead of taking the time to figure out
0: why, you did it anyway. Tough shit. See, and I think of if you knew you shouldn't do it that way, why did you do it? I I, I need to introduce you to some teenagers. Oh, well, there's that, right? (laughs) But the... Yeah, the whole cause and effect thing on teenagers—they
1: haven't quite gotten yet. But if you're, you know, a, a mature adult, you you've certainly
0: had enough experience with cause and effect to know what happens. But well, mature adult—I thought we were talking to the hop-growing community. Oh, right, that's right. <laughs> sorry, but I'm sorry,
1: sorry, other podcast. That's okay. Mm-hmm.
0: So yeah, we thought we adulting. We thought we'd talk about shortcuts and yep. what shortcuts are, um, and and why. Why they look so attractive sometimes, and what kinds of, you know, hell they'll leave you in when you're done. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you want to pick one from the list? <laughs> you want me to? You, you do it, because there's so many. There, there are so many. Yeah, and well, you'll
1: need to cue it up right. That way I'm not so acidic in my
0: <laughs> I don't know that there is a, a chemical treatment on this planet to make mm, you less acidic. That's but true. We'll, yeah. um, no. <laughs> I can only do so much, man. You can. So you know, one of the ones that we talked that we've talked about is, uh, is is very high level here is is buying a harvester. Right. I mean, the the shortcut here is you know what? I've got lots of friends friends who can hand harvest with me. Who's not going to want to help me with this? Harvesters are expensive. It is it, the whole there's maintenance. There's a whole lot of nightmare that goes into that. So what's the shortcut here? I, I can just handle this by hand. I'm not growing that much. Mm-hmm. Well, I agree. However
1: that has to be balanced with what your scale and your scope is. If you're doing this as a hobby and you know, you've only got a quarter or half an acre, what is your goal, right? If you're, if you, if your goal is to move this into a commercial venture, then yeah, suck it up buttercup and buy the infrastructure that you need in order to make that happen. If, if you're just in it as a hobby and it's, you know, part of an empire that you're that you're building with other crops or something like that is that time best spent with those people. Now, for us, it was less about the. I don't want to put this. Um, when you start off, you're looking at how much money you have in your pocket to do something. How much money do I have in my pocket to run this op- operation? And it's a purely cash flow calculation that you're making and you're looking at it saying, oh my God, a harvester is going to cost me whatever, let's say $50,000. I don't have that cash in my pocket. Well, no kidding, dummy. That's why you go get a loan for it and you pay for it over time and you take the interest and the loan payments that you're taking and you take that as a write-off on your taxes. That's how we run a business. If you're looking to pay for, if you're thinking that you need to pay for that out of pocket because that somehow is, is limiting or reducing your risk for something you're you're, you are you you have not come fully to Jesus yet on, <laughs> on exactly what it is you're doing from a hobby versus a, a business standpoint. Mm-hmm. You know, what is, what is real for you? You know, what you're trying to do in saying, I'm, I'm not going to buy a harvester because I can't afford it. Can you n- afford to grow your quote business with paying for hand harvesting help when A, it's less efficient, and B, it's harder to get, and C, it's probably extremely risky to the crop that you're trying to get off in time, doesn't seem smart to me.
0: Yeah. A whole, whole lot of things that can go wrong with that. And I would say it's hard to get, especially the second time. Yeah. That, that first time, because I think we see this so often, oh, I've got friends and family that will, do, that will help me with the hand harvest. They're all engaged. And they will be engaged on the first day. Mm-hmm.
1: One of the best bits of advice that I heard from a pro grower when we were getting started was, and this was from out west, northwest, very um, Stacy Peterbaugh, uh, hops direct, great guy, uh, totally took the time to listen to me and my questions. He said, look, I don't care what scale you're doing this on. If you can't harvest it, don't grow it. And if you can't dry it, don't harvest it, don't grow it. Mm -hmm. End of story. And you know what? That equation holds at any scale. Yeah. So don't throw what we call good money after bad by thinking that you're going to piecemeal out the harvesting and, and just call it harvest and post-harvest processing by beg borrowing and stealing because you are actually not minimizing any of your risk,
0: even if you think that you are. Stop it. Stop it. I think I think each of these I think each of these topics will end with
1: stop it. Right. Oh, and believe me, this isn't all about other people. I will share with you my boneheaded moves
0: that I thought were a good idea when I got mm-hmm. started and I got spanked by the universe. <laughs> so many jokes. So many jokes. So many jokes. All right. So so here's a a common shortcut. I've got a whole bunch of stuff to apply to my plants. Let's <laughs> supply a lot of it at the same time. Let's mix it all together in a big jug. mm mm-hmm. Mhm.
1: Hey, as farmers, efficiency is everything, not just from a cost standpoint of running the tractor through the field multiple times, but also, you know, the more, the more you drive on that ground, the more compacted it gets, and it's just agronomically, it's not good. So yeah, you, I think it's smart to look to stack up your apps when you can. However, you got to pay attention to what the chemistry is there, both from the formulation standpoint and what it's going to do to your plants. Like what is it that you're doing? Mm-hmm. It's like can I can I stack one more app in in here? Sure, why not? I'm gonna go on and I'm gonna let's say you're going on with a um, a pre-emergent herbicide, and it's a liquid uh, like a Chateau, let's say, and you're gonna go and you're gonna spray that on, or even Solacam, you're gonna spray it on the soil across the bed before the the hops are really all that big, and you get some on the on the plant itself, will you see some burning? Yeah, you probably could. Right. But if you're going to also say, okay, well, I'm going to put this app on, but I could probably also put on another app of I don't know, whatever. Why not? I'm going down the row. Uh, Let's let's get some fertilizer on there, too. So I'm going to put some fertilizer in there. So now you're taking and you're hosing on high salt concentration to leaf tissue that is very, very delicate and has no leaf cuticle on it yet, so to speak. And you're going to suck all the water out of those leaves. You're going to dry up and they're going to fall off. Or you're going to burn the tips off of them. So that could be also a, another fungicide. So let's say you're, it doesn't have to be fertilizer. Let's say you're going to go in with a, even something as what we consider to be as innocuous as like a phosphorus acid, like Alliette or something like that. On that young leaf tissue, you could absolutely burn them badly because there's no cuticle, no wax there to protect it from that solution. So stack up applications, absolutely big proponent of that. Only if you're paying attention to what the formulations are going to do to one another. Mm-hmm. If you don't know, ask. Ask somebody who's done it before. Or ask. Has anybody ever stacked these three things together? And what's your what's your uh, what's your result of that? The Discord
0: forum is a great place to do that. Ooh,
1: it is. Like that's so slid that in there. I
0: I did read an article the other day that someone in the hop industry stacking multiple things they didn't know about together is actually what brought COVID about. Mm. Totally, so, you, yep. you know, yep. you, you never know when you mix these things together. That's exactly um, what happened. Great. This yep.
1: podcast is going to get slammed with a uh, a COVID uh, <laughs> fact-checking thing now.
0: Thank you very Uh-oh. much. Oh, uh Yeah, I forgot about that. Oh, yeah. well. Besides, yeah, everybody don't... knows COVID vaccine has magnets in it. Anyway. Ma- magnets? Yeah, you didn't hear about mm. that? Yeah, magnets. No, I didn't hear about yeah. the magnets. Yeah, magnets for mind control oh, and tracking. Oh, I, I heard about the mind control. I didn't know they were using magnets for it. Yeah, it was... magnets. Yep. Mm-hmm. thought there was a better way no okay and anywho don't don't mix stuff together if you don't know what it does right and and it, and it, you know it it comes back to i just want to reiterate the whole the whole shortcut thing it's i mean you're looking to save time or money or both very often you know because time is money mm-hmm. um uh, you're looking to save both and it all sounds like a good idea at the time but um you end up spending more time and money when it's all done right and a lot of times You can, you
1: can hear most of the folks, like if, if, if you know who these folks were and you line them up in a dark room with a bright light on them and said, why did you do this? (laughs) I just, I wasn't thinking, I wasn't Mm -hmm. thinking about it. No, I understand. And we all do that because we're like, I have an opportunity. Let's go out and get this done. We've got 10, 15 things in our brain stacked up that, that we need to, you know, get her done on and we're going to try and be as efficient as possible. I have been there. I, I will be there probably in the next five minutes. Uh, it's just <laughs> what happens. But some of these things that we're talking about, you can't afford to do that with more than once. And you're going to learn the hard way. Yep. And I mean, let's let's use that. To, unless you have something else to add, let's. I can segue into another example sure, go of for that. It. Even though the fungicide labels say point blank on like Aliette and Fosthrol and phosphorus acids do not apply with copper. Bad things happen. <laughs> Johnny, don't do it. Well, yours truly has done it. Way back in the day when past James didn't read the label because he knew what he was doing. And he was like, well, you know what? I'm going to put on a systemic and a topical because it just rained and I don't have a curative to put on. So I'm going to go on with Elliot and I'm going to go on with Copper. And then suddenly my hops have no leaves. Hmm. Pursuant to our last episode about was it the last or two episodes ago, about copper. Why does that happen? Well, Elliot lowers the pH of the solution, and that copper goes from mineral form to ion form and just basically wreaks havoc on living tissue. So, stupid James. Stupid, stupid, stupid. I was in a hurry. I thought this this is what I had on hand. Uh, I'm going to do this. It would have actually been better off had I done nothing.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: So I learned the hard way. But I was also boneheaded enough that had I read the label, I would have known not to do that, and I didn't, and I deserved everything that I got.
0: Yeah, and you learned that lesson once. Yep. Oh, I did. That's
1: a rough lesson because uh-huh. when you're small and you've got an acre and you've pretty much just defoliated your whole crop right at right at uh, burr stage, not good. Tends to be a lower harvest that year. <laughs>
0: Tends to be.
1: <laughs> yeah. Oh my! Yeah, but on the on the on the upside, there was no downy mildew.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay, I, I I guess there's nowhere for it to sit. That's that's yep. an interesting upside. I'll, yep. I'll, hey, you gotta you gotta look on the bright side. Sometimes. Yep. <laughs> Oh my, yeah, but and you, to your point, you know, you were looking to save some time, and circumstance dictated it, okay, it just rained, well, based on the circumstances, I'm Mr. Science, I'm going to do this and this, mm-hmm. but but yeah, I'm Mr. Science, but not Mr. Reading the Label. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. Pff,
1: who's got time for that? Ain't got time for that.
0: Nope. Well. Shortcuts.
1: Again, shortcuts. Yep. And when you're more or less a one-man show and you got to get it all done, you get it all done. And mm-hmm. unfortunately, in this case, that was not appropriate.
0: And, well, it was done all right. Oh,
1: yeah. It got <laughs> done diddly done. Uh, but, whew, yeah, embarrassed. Mm-hmm. Yep. But, like, I, I mean, I'm not ashamed to own it. I had a bonehead mistake. Everybody makes them. Uh, sure. And I know exactly why I made it, and I try to minimize that. And you're like, okay, I'm going to learn my lesson. I'm never going to do this again. And then, like, next week you do it on something else. You won't You won't do Elliot and Copper again, but it'll be something else. <laughs>
0: The post it note over your desk. Uh-huh. Do not mix Elliot and copper. For the love of God. It's been there for 12 years. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> do not mix Elliot and copper again. Again.
1: <laughs> Tell farmhands, do not mix. And
0: mm-hmm. <laughs> Don't think you're trying to do me a solid, okay? Because I'm going to be pretty pissy. <laughs> <busy. laughs> so, so you know, talking about saving time, here's another one it's the end of the season, you've you're done processing. And you look at your equipment and say, oh, "You know what? I'm going to have to clean this again at the start of next season anyway. So let's just throw a tarp over it and be done. And we'll we'll deal with this in the spring. Mm-hmm. Because I don't I don't have I'm either exhausted or I have other things to do in these next couple of days. I've got to go sell. Um, I've got other stuff going on. I promised my family I'd see them. Now that the season is done, we can you know clean cleaning can be later." cleaning can always be later
1: says the inside of my car and most of my house mm-hmm. yep i hear you and those of us who have harvesters are like shaking our heads right now saying mhm because damn uh, as lupulin doesn't dry let's call it cure <laughs> as lupulin <laughs> cures it goes from this like oily, sticky mass, you know, that's quote fresh to something more akin to cured linseed oil come spring. And what could have been taken off in the fall or post harvest with, you know, some denatured alcohol or something like that now requires something caustic like oven cleaner. And you can't really, you know, what you could have wiped down on the inside of the machine or brushed off and been okay. Now you got to tear the machine apart and take it to the industrial truck wash and use their high-pressure steam washers to get it off. Been there, done that. Mm-hmm. Um, it just, we're tired. We're done. We're just like, okay. And somehow in our minds, we've set the finish line at harvested, dried, bailed, and out the door. Yep. And now I can shut the lights off. But that's not the case. It There is no light shutting off in hop farming. It just, there isn't. It's always something else. There are no two bigger enemies and never has there been two bigger enemies in existence than future James and current James. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I was waiting to hear about the road run and the coyote. I am trying to think of where you're going with that. Future James
1: yeah. hates current James. Hates him. <laughs> uh, and if they ever coexist in the same place at once it's probably gonna be uh, the end of the universe <laughs>
0: <laughs> Oh the space-time continuum oh. is, just, is it throbbing it exists
1: yeah the arrow of time exists solely to keep those two apart <laughs> that's the people are like what is time well time is a is a control mechanism the
0: universe created in order to keep future James and present James separated. <laughs> So, so, and here's what I'm going to say. I'm going to take a counterpoint to this. I'm going to say future James, future any of you need to take these, these mistakes, these shortcuts as, as lessons. And that's part of what, what my goal is here is to try and look at, okay, what were the logical reasons for these shortcuts? Because there were logical reasons. They were probably reasons with incomplete information. But there was a thought process that made sense at the time. So I, I would like to hope that future James would be a little more understanding and have more of a there, there, young Padawan. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, well,
0: they've gotten to a point, these two,
1: where they, they have an agreement. And well, the agreement is present James listens to his gut more than he ever has. And that gut, that voice that we call our gut, our intuition, is actually future James. Screaming back through the arrow of time saying, so help me God if you do this and I ever catch you, you're a dead man. (laughs) (laughs) And if we just listen to that, man, life would be so much easier. But to your point, the decisions we make in the present, at least I hope so, (laughs) they're based (laughs) on the information that we've got. Unfortunately, much of what when we make those what turn out to be boneheaded moves. You know, part of it may be happening because of a lack of information or that we didn't bother to follow through on X, Y, or Z. But it's also those decisions come from an emotional place. Of course. Where we just want want the pain to go away. (laughs) So what do we need to do to make the pain to go away? Whether that is, oh, my God, I'm so far behind with stuff. I've got to get it done. You know, what do I need to do to make it go away? Well, I'm just going to go do it. I'm going to get it done. That way it's done. And you're focusing on getting whatever that task is completed and less concerned about how it's getting completed because the how it's going to get completed is what's going to make or break you. Sure. And I I am the emotional entropy or no, not entropy, the emotional inertia that's required for some of these things, especially when you're tired and you're put out like at the end of the season and you're exhausted. that, That inertia is just huge. You have to overcome that in order to do, quote, what's right. Otherwise, future James is going to has not gonna has turned into some sort of super villain and uh, is working on a time travel
0: machine to kick current James's ass. This has become very meta. <laughs> um, <laughs> so yes, doing doing the right thing now for for future you but when you think about it, the, the not cleaning example. You will save a little time now. You will have so much more to do later. Mm-hmm. So much more mm-hmm. uh it, it's just and and to your point you're fatigued it's a it it's a hard decision to make and usually usually in a situation like that you know you're making the wrong decision you just to your point the inertia you can't stop yourself from making that wrong decision and you're thinking to yourself yeah i'm going to regret this but i just know i i i can't i can't do anymore right and there's a
1: and so i wanted to make that point because we can separate what we're talking about into boneheaded decisions that we make because of that emotional inertia or the emotional investment in whatever the making the pain go away at the time. <laughs> just making this go away versus <laughs> believing that we're doing the right thing but not understanding all of the variables that are at
0: play. Sure, like applying multiple things at the same time where right. you, you just have – you didn't know at the time you were doing the wrong thing. You thought you were being clever. Right.
1: Or let's go in the way, way, way back machine when we first started doing this. I looked at, you know, everything I read, there was nothing there's nothing on small-scale hop production. Everything was that was out there was all about Pacific Northwest uh, style production. And nobody knew anything about it, right? And so same thing same thing with uh or in that vein the all the data that was out there for downy mildew was all about the Pacific Northwest. And we didn't know, just because we didn't, A, none of us are plant pathologists, but we didn't know how big of an issue it actually was going to be in south-central Wisconsin and what conditions were going to lead or exacerbate it. So I was looking at, well, what is our biggest problem in hop production from a small-scale perspective, and it's weed control and the labor that's required to do it. So how do we combat that? Well, we cover crop. So I looked for a cover crop that was short-growing, dense, that added nitrogen to the soil, blah, blah, blah. So I landed on Dutch white clover. And when you look at all of the reasons why I went that way, you'd say, those are all pretty logical, right? But what I didn't appreciate was how much that um, the density of that clover crop was going to increase the humidity and moisture content around the crown. Ah. and exacerbate our downy mildew issues. Mm -hmm. And once we had that Dutch white clover established on our mounds, it was nigh on impossible to get rid of it. And I fought with it for 10 years trying to get rid of it to get naked mounds so I could get the airflow that I needed through the system and do things like proper burn down and whatnot. I assumed, based on the information I had at hand, that this was a good move that would make sense for our region what i found was otherwise
0: interesting and i remember that i remember how you know especially the nitrogen fixing side of it was you know this is great mm-hmm. this is exactly what we need to solve a whole host of problems but yeah uh if you look at if you look at our
1: yard from 2009 and you look at our yard in 2017 they totally different hmm. absolutely totally different one was Grassed interrows rows and, and cover cropped, uh, Dutch white clover mounds, and blah, blah, blah. And then 2017, 2017, it was moonscape. Mm-hmm. And that was solely because of downy mildew pressure. And I probably would have had much higher success. Not probably, definitely would have had better yields, higher success rates, you know, less replanting in those first five years had I, went to that moonscape route because our downy
0: pressure is so high here. Right. But but the moonscaping side requires a ton of upkeep.
1: And equipment and all that kind Mm -hmm. of stuff, which we didn't have then. So, I mean, you could say, okay, James, yeah, but you didn't know what you didn't know, and you did the best with what you had, blah, blah, blah. I get it. But again, this was a bonehead move based on, I would say, an incomplete data set to make my decisions on. And maybe I'm being too hard on myself, which I believe me. If you all think I'm an asshole, I think I'm an asshole bigger than any of you people do. So I I don't know. We got some pretty strong opinions about you out there. (laughs) We do. Um, (laughs) So trying to overcome that, saying, God, you knew better. You should have known about this, right? You're smarter than that. Um, But I was also, to my defense, didn't have that A level of experience that I had from Mother Nature spanking me. But also from the, just there was no data, Mm -hmm. right? There was nothing there about this. And I am here to tell you, I am a whole host of data on what not to do now.
0: (laughs) You are the little yellow notebook. Mm -hmm. So, okay, let's talk about, um, how about some stuff on the business side that we might have tried some shortcuts to get around things? Sure.
1: I have so many more on those. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> being the technical guy, so I shared with you a couple of my boneheaded moves on the, on the actual agronomic side of things. But, you know, I, my background is in science, right? Everybody knows that. And research and systems analysis. I was not a business guy. I didn't have a degree in business. So there were so many mistakes I made in the business end of things that could have been avoided had we addressed the business aspect of what we were doing more thoroughly. We've talked about this before, which was we had that assumption of grow it and they will come. And while that we were early, early, early on in the game, to some extent that worked, at least to get us established, it quickly evaporated. And Mm -hmm. we had no chops in the sales and marketing end of thing. It was absolutely hamstringing us.
0: Yep. Yep. We've talked about it before. I mean, you know, it's horrible when, when things don't work out in the field but what if things do work out and you've got inventory and no one to buy your inventory? That's right. It's just as bad a problem.
1: Yep. And I was, the bonehead there was me thinking that how hard can it be? Mm-hmm. I mean, come on. But I'm a tech guy, right? And so when I get out in the field and I'm trying to do sales, I'm focusing in on my techniques, which are, you know, the technical aspect. And only very technical brewers are going to be interested in that. And I have very little time and emotional energy for the hand pumping bro culture in the in the craft beer industry and dealing with those rock star brewers who just want to you know have their own fart sniffed i just i don't have any time for that so those people would aggravate me so i was purposefully avoiding them could i have made a sale there if i would have stroked the ego and done all that work yeah probably but that's not who I am, and I thought that yep, that was okay to not address that market share. It is not, because I needed every sale that I could get. And as a result, we narrowed our market because of not having the right people in the right place.
0: Yep, yep. I, I hate the fact that marketing and sales are, are what is known as soft skills. Mm-hmm. Um, it's so, it, it, it so minimizes how important they are.
1: Yeah, it's just ugh, brutal. Yep. One of my other boneheaded moves in the business side, Mm -hmm. not getting an operating line of credit sooner. Oh, yeah. Not borrowing money sooner. Because I too, like most of you, even when it was a, quote, hobby business, and we were self-funded, that I was using my cash reserves to run the day-to-day business operations that I knew would be replenished by sales. We had that history. And so you might be thinking, well, James, what's the problem? You know, you're, you're, you don't have any debt then. I know I don't have any debt then, but I'm also not growing my business because I don't have the capital or the cash reserves there in order to make that happen. So what would I do? I would use that operating line of credit to run my business, knowing that, you know, you basically you're borrowing money against your future sales. That's what it is. Mm -hmm. If you don't have a confidence level of your future sales then yeah that can be awfully scary but it also in doing that you know getting that operating line of credit how confident are you in your business right are you ready to roll as an actual business or is this still a hobby and that was really a big first leap for us was when we went in and we got that loan we said here's our numbers this is what we're doing the bank said okay that looks great i think you're asking for too little okay. Uh, and I'm glad they said that because they were right. And I needed that money. There's downsides to the operating
0: line of credit, which we won't talk about right yet, but not borrowing money sooner. Sure. Sure. I mean, you need not having that excess money available. I shouldn't say excess. I mean, it's it makes it sound like it's just laying around, but not, not having the availability of that money sooner. Liquidity. liquidity yes. Yep. Very nice. Not Not having that will lead you further down the path of other shortcuts when you say, well, I can't afford to do X, so let me do Y. I'm sure it's close enough. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it allows you to suboptimize your processes and take some of these shortcuts because you feel that you don't have a choice. Right. And that's, again, because I'm not a business guy,
1: I didn't appreciate all of those mechanisms. So I had to do a lot of learning on business operating models. And understand really what this means, because this idea of getting a loan, like what do we know from our personal finances, personal finances and business finances might as well be oranges and monkeys. I mean, they're so totally different that, and we are hardwired to think, save, 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 be smart, save your money in a business. No, (laughs) that's not what you want to, you get penalized so badly when you do that. And so it's that mindset of like, holy hell, well, that just doesn't seem to be responsible. But then you have to think about what that money, that cash flow in a business is supposed to do. Mm -hmm. Right. And it's, it took me years to get my mindset switched. Is there risk in borrowing money? Hell yeah, there's a risk in borrowing money, but there was risk in borrowing money to buy your house as well. Sure. And what the value is of going up and down. But one thing that borrowing money will absolutely do is it will, it's a, clarion call a a bell right in the darkness to say you know you're a big girl big boy business now because now you have financial responsibilities and it's not just to your spouse which frankly i would rather answer to my bank than my spouse on my pages <laughs> <my interest. laughs> <laughs> but yeah business side not borrowing money earlier smartly mm-hmm. right you're just like Ooh, look at this i get 100 grand from the bank uh no it's it's having that plan putting it together and spending the time appropriately wish i would have done yeah. it years sooner because it would have saved us a lot of heartache and probably would have saved me from a lot of the other boneheaded things that i did but. right
0: right I, again it gives you the it, it would give you that financial freedom to make the right decisions mm-hmm. instead of the i'll say the the Feasible decisions that you can make given the bank account balance. Yep. So along those lines, and
1: so if I take that, carry that over into another line, which is, so we talked about, you know, sales and marketing and not having the right people in place. Um, that goes to things like bankers, accountants, and attorneys. Mm. And you don't think that you need them. You're lying to yourself. You need them. Uh, it's not like you're paying them on retainer just so that you can call them at three in the morning and, and get what you need. No, you need to build those relationships. So you know where to go when you do need them. There's so many people wow. out there that are, that do their own like accounting. They call it doing the books. And I look at our businesses that we had and granted, they were probably more complicated than most because we had a parent holding company. We had other LLCs and blah, blah, blah. But the, the idea of me doing the books or any of us in our company doing those books, hell no.
0: Mm-mm.
1: There's, we would have been leaving so much money on the table, because we don't know all the tricks of how to structure stuff into what can be taken as a deduction and blah blah blah.
0: Yeah, so many nuances to all this, and that that's why people do this professionally mm-hmm. is yeah. to is to not only help you be efficient, but also, let's be honest, keep you out of trouble. Right.
1: Yep. Exactly. And we had <laughs> mm-hmm. certainly when you start to when you get um, employees. And you, there's rules that you need to follow for withholding and workers comp and all that kind of stuff. And you get audited every year on that. Who's going to pull up all of those data to show that, yep, you actually did all of your correct payroll deductions. You? Because you have time for that? I got time for that. I'm going to pay mm-hmm. somebody to do that. Who's an expert. Right. And I'm so glad I did.
0: Um, Let's see. What else do we have here? Um, you know, we, we, we talked about some other hardware-related things I mean, we talked about a harvester, but also, you know, I'm going to lump together, you and I had talked about things like irrigation or the, uh, the old Camry tractor, which we love to bring up. <laughs> the, the idea in, in general, just to, to summarize those together with the harvester, the idea that you can do things by hand when there are proven pieces of equipment that are meant to do these things for you. Right. And it comes, it comes back to, it comes back to money to some degree, um, to a large degree, and it also comes back to that attitude of, I don't need to buy, you know, I don't need to buy that. I've got this roll of duct tape, and I'm sure <laughs> that it will get the job done. Well, hey,
1: and let's not, don't get me wrong, duct tape will get the job done. However, not for mm-hmm. long. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so there's that. I know it's kind of a theme that we've got going on here with spending money in the right place. And that yeah. money isn't necessarily money that you have in your pocket. It's money that you can borrow against future James, mm-hmm. and future James is totally cool with that, um, because he he knows what's going to, how it's going to save his bacon. But getting over that that mental hurdle of the fact that you're going into debt for a business now usually causes most people to take pause because now it's now it's something real, whereas mm-hmm. before it wasn't. Because all the current cash that you've spent in your business is gone, and you're comfortable with what you have left. You're not borrowing against future, saying, I'm going to spend all this money now that I don't have, that I know I have to pay back, and not knowing what the future holds makes that too scary, and I don't want to be responsible for that. Mm -hmm. Same thing goes with – and that's directly applicable to what we're talking about with – Instead of buying a three-point or belly-mounted side weeder, like the old uh, Weed Badger and stuff, to save, you know, and that brand new that chunk of that piece of kit's like thirty grand. Do you know how much money I spent on hand weeding in labor in a year? Half half of that for one year. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And not only to, and that was didn't include the cost of trying to find those people. And constant turnover and people management blah blah blah, versus having a piece of equipment where I could have one person, my farm you know supervisor who I can trust, run it, and simplify my operation
0: yep plus the net the net outflow of cash is less because you're paying for that in installments correct um it's being done better <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah and that and the fact that your out your outflow is less you know, in raw cash means you can use that cash for other things that are going on. There's so it, it all cascades. It all cascades. Whereas, whereas what you thought you were doing by hand weeding is, is taking a shortcut and doing things, you know, quickly and cheaper. Well, when you're doing the, in fact, the exact opposite. I think we need a new episode of things. I wish I would have bought earlier. Yeah. <laughs> I I think there's something to be said for that. There could be qu- quite a bit of that. it, and again, these all just come back to make future you happier by, do, by, by forcing present you to do the right thing and not the not what looks like the quick and easy thing. So many of these examples were, they seemed quick and easy, but in retrospect, they just were, were the exact opposite. I got
1: spanked by the universe.